Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast. I am Adam Lavecki, and I am here with DK Kim, and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast. Episode 13, Apostolic Impact. We are really excited. I'm, I'm super excited. First of all, we're in the Dominican Republic with a great friend, Apostle Pasquale Borel, someone that we love and appreciate. And we met him through another dear friend. And one of the things I've learned is the fruit of a good friend is more good friends. <laughs> so Prophet Jim Jorgensen introduced us to this man of God in 2008. And uh, we've been coming ever since. And um, one of the things that I like to always mention when we start is that my wife and I got married. And the next day we came to the Dominican Republic and helped serve and lead a mission team with Prophet Jim Jorgensen. And that's where we saw Apostle Pasquale again. And so we've been coming uh, ever since. And then after that, we had a honeymoon. And I actually got to speak at a prophetic conference on my honeymoon, which I'm not sure if that, I'm, I'm so happy though. My wife still loves me and uh, Pastor Pasquale still loves us. And uh, we had a great privilege of him being at Rescue Church recently, which was really a blessing to me because usually we're with him where he is and for him to be with us where we are, it really, it was very meaningful for me. I'm not really a feelings guy but that brought my feelings out of airplane mode and I felt the affection and the love of Christ and just the gratitude of the history we have. So I wanna say one thing that um, Apostle Pasquale, uh, he planted a church that became very influential in the city that they're in and it changed the community that they're in and the church went from this very interesting transition. It went from Bavaro para Cristo, which is Bavaro for Christ, to cuidad de Dios por las naciones. I don't know if I did that right, but city of God for the nations. And so they have a school, um, a feeding program. They're training men and women. And there's also the Casa de Esperanza, which is the house of hope where they have received young girls who their parents are the perpetrators. And the Dominican government gives these children to you to care for and you guys are doing and Gabby is doing a fabulous job and so I want people to kind of get a get a glimpse of who you are and what you're doing and recently he's asked us to come on the board to serve uh, as an international representative for their ministry and church in nations and so uh, we're bringing a team here in December my wife is bringing another team August 23rd excuse me, August 2023. And so there's a bunch of things that are in process. We're trying to raise more support uh, for the Casa de Esperanza. But I, I would like to just ask you, what was it like when you first started and how did the Lord meet you in each season? Would you, would you kind of like unpack that a little? 
Well, very thank you, uh, Adam. It's an honor for me to share with all these people that are just uh, will uh, listen. Uh, you know what? What is the real history of what's going on here in the DR? Uh, I like to start with uh, House of Hop uh, when uh, we first uh, try. Uh, the community, we help the community and um, some girls that are having trouble with their families, especially um, girls that are th around 13, 14 years old, when from one way, from one day to another, they, they're being abused from his stepfather. Uh, and so Jesus. then uh, they have problem also with uh, her mother, because it's, it's weird, but for example, one of them was abused by the guy, and when she told her mom what's going on, then she said, you want to take my husband? You want to steal my husband? Jesus. You know? So she hit this girl and threw her out of the house. That was 11 o'clock at night. How so old was this girl? This girl was 13 years old, and this girl was knocking our door. Wow. And she stayed with us for around three and a half months. Uh, and then another was almost the same. And when we have like already four or five girls staying in our house, then my, my wife said, well, we need to find a place. We got to make something where we can put these girls and, and they can become like a family and they will have a home. So um, from very painful uh, situations, good things come out. Wow. So there is uh, where we in around 19, uh, 2013, I mean 2013, uh, is when we decide to start House of Hope. And right away, uh, we felt like it's in the heart of God because uh, gates open, you know? Wow. We have the permission from, from Konani, the DR, um, uh, who take care of the girls here in the DR. And uh, right away, we have people who sponsor, who, who help us to make the house, you know? And uh, right away, we have girls. Girls that uh, everyone have their own history. Yeah. And, they, and, and if you see when the picture, when they arrive, and you see the pictures now, it's, it's something completely different. I think God has done his work. Yeah. The environment, is mar the environment in the house is marked by joy. Yes. Smiling, laughing, just being normal mm -hmm. little girls. Like you would never know what they went through. One of the things I share with people is that when God finishes the work in someone, he removes the stain. So I know a guy who used to be, you know, homosexual, and the Lord transformed his life. And so when you look at him, you would never in a million years think that guy used to be gay. <laughs> it's like he looks as straight as a board. When God finishes the work, he removes the stain. And so the stain of abuse has been turned to joy. And um, I just am so inspired by your yes and how your yes and your wife's vision, the visionary, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's like, we can't fit here. And, and wow. And then a house. And now you're in the process of another house on the same property, which is super exciting. I think that second house is a picture of the second wave. I, I, I feel that there's going to be a real movement of the Holy Spirit 
in the nation. Like we were talking to the church the other day, and I said, your nation is the only nation in the whole face of the earth that has the Bible on it, and it's open to John 8.32, and it's the truth that makes people free. And then it has this these arrows being shot out, which is prophetic because the Psalms write about blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And it's, so it basically speaks about, you know, your children are like arrows. And so these are sons and daughters of the Lord being sent into the nations for um, a missions movement, which is a result of the Holy Spirit moving because in, in the day of God's power, people become willing and they're sent. And so it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I, I have like a sense of like great expectation of the things that God is going to do. And I'm thankful that I get to be a part to see it, to see you guys live in the, in the fruit of it. The Bible says that if you're willing and you're obedient, you're going to eat the fruit of the land. And you have been willing and you have been obedient and you will eat the fruit of the land. And so, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about this campus, City of God, and kind of like what's here and how this transformed even the, the region here? Well, uh, I start talking about half of hope because it's uh, right now our priority, you know? Um, like Adam says, we start building a second house. Why is that? Why we need a second house, you know? Uh, every week they call us. Every week more girls want to come in. We have places like around for 12 girls, and sometimes we got 15. And it's very uncomfortable because we want to give them the right place. They have psychology, they got a school, they got uh, English uh, lessons, they got music, you know. But when you got, you got more than what you're supposed to have, then they're not comfortable anymore. So that's why we're making the second house. And this second house means we can uh, take another 12 girls that uh, can be with us, that we can restore their life. Uh, City of God for the Nations is, is, is a place where our focus is community, is community. So when we start uh, 2005, uh, God give us a word. You should look for those who doesn't, who does, who does, who, who's, who's anybody cares, who does, who, who people doesn't want them close to them, you know? Uh, and, and I will give you the people who, who, who everyone wants. Yes. And, and that marked my heart. And from that moment on, I'm looking for these people that really need help. And, and when we organized, like we went to a place called Mata Mosquito, or right now it's called Monteverde. And we see so many kids without education, without food, uh, uh, that they didn't know. They were like 13, 14. They don't know how to read or write. So in our heart, uh, it comes right away. Let's put in a school. Mm. And the school now, we are getting, uh, running this year more than 700 kids. Yeah. But when we start, we start only f with 50 2007 oh. 50 kids and one of the things on these 50 kids is that the teacher called me uh, almost every day and told me pastor i can we can make it and i say why they don't concentrate next day she called me 
pastor, this is like a war here. <laughs> and, and, and I say, what's going on? I say, the kids fight inside the school and the parents are outside with machetes in their hands, mm -hmm. fighting one to another, you know? And, and our teachers were so scared. Um, so one day uh, she called me and said, pastor, I don't want to work here anymore. And I say, what's going on? And then she says, like, I cannot even have a, a, a juice or a Coke. Uh, uh, as soon as I buy something in, in our free time, they jump on me. Mm. They jump on me. They take, they take our cookies. They take our sandwiches. They don't let us eat. And I go, like, what's going on? And, and I tell them, okay, uh, please stay one more day. Uh, don't don't quick jet. Let's let's take one more day. So that that day, I call somebody and tell them, Hey, listen, will you please go to the school and bring some cornflakes, milk, and stuff like that for the kids? And it, this guy uh, went went there with this cornflakes, and and it was in, in, incredible what happens. The teacher called me like forty minutes later and told me, uh, Pastor, there is a miracle here. And I say, what's going on? The guys are concentrated. They're writing. They're doing this school, and nobody's fighting. Wow! Wow! That was yeah. three months later. Yeah, we start this school. It's when we find out that these guys hungry. and girls were hungry. Were hungry. So they didn't concentrate. And 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 since that moment, we 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 do our best to feed those kids. Right now, we're feeding around 100 kids. That's why we have the kitchen. We, from these kids, in the afternoon time, we feed them for free. And, 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 and it makes a difference. I mean, uh, our f uh, focus is not even to feed people, but to educate them, you know? Mm -hmm. But you cannot educate somebody who's, who's hungry. hungry. So that's one of the reasons we have the kitchen and we take kids in the school from two years old and we just, uh, they can stay all the process till high school. Also um, in the community, we have uh, the idea of how can we help those kids maybe doesn't went to school, but they can learn, uh, they can a do a technique. Yep. Technique like, plumber like like a uh, computer like um, they we have a bakery here they they teach them how to do bread uh, stuff like that you know and 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 it come out we work with infotep you know since the, right now maybe four or five years and many people is being helped through that programs. So it's, it's part of what we do. Um, our focus is community. How can we help the community? How can we just uh, put everything God has put in our hands? Uh, how can we use it to help others? That's beautiful. Psalm 68.5 says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. God is in his holy habitation. So there's something holy and sacred about standing with the Father and being a father to the fatherless, feeding the hungry. Jesus said, what you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Jesus said, what you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Mm -hmm. And so there's something beautiful in that. 
And that's really special and that's amazing. And I want to say something, you know, to American listeners who are like, I don't, I don't get this. There's hungry kids who, if you don't feed them, can't learn. And there's kids that all over the world that, that if, if you don't pay for them to go to school, they will not go to school. So this is something that is essential and it's important and it's critical because education is one of the ways that people come out of poverty. Poverty is not just a lack of opportunity, uh, excuse me, it's not just a lack of resources, it's a, it's a lack of opportunity. And opportunity unlocks, unlocks potential. So that's something that just by feeding kids and, and sending kids to school, they're creating space for potential to be developed, for calling to be developed. They're being nurtured in a Christian environment, in a safe space. That's really important. Yeah. What I think is important for our American listeners and for our Western listeners to understand is that Apostle Pasquale's church, in my opinion, is like a prototype of the future church. My pastor said something about him which he doesn't waste words. He says, he said to me, he said, this uh, Pasquale is ahead of his time, which was a compliment. And I thought about that, and I said, I'm like, how does he mean by that, you know? And I understood what he means. Like, the reality is that in America, if the church doesn't do anything for the community, it will become irrelevant. Because our community, are, our communities are hurting. We, we dealt with last week, a young Dominican girl who was just evicted out of her apartment and an old lady that they gave a bag of groceries to who broke down in tears. And this is not Haiti, Dominican Republic, Africa. This is the United States. Yeah, it's New Jersey. Hunger. State. Hunger. Right there. So imagine the developing world. Imagine the, the, the reality of that here. So his church is like a prototype of the church that actually affects the community, not just about playing church, going to church, smiling and living like the devil, but actually doing something for the community. Like if you remove his church from the community, the community is not the same. There are many churches that if you remove them from the community, the community will never miss them because they were never in the community. I mean, so, this, is, this is my first time here on, in this campus, and I just feel so much peace. I feel the peace of God dwelling here, and I can't imagine what kind of place this used to be when you guys share about how dark it was here. It's just crazy to even think about that. Yeah, I mean, right over the wall was like 24-7 parties. It was like Sodom and Gomorrah, like, like drunkenness, sex, perversion, and it was loud. It wasn't like, oh, that's, that's happening behind closed doors. It was like right out in the open. And it wasn't like, okay, Saturday night, there's a party. It's like Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock. People are like, fiesta, fiesta. Like, this is crazy. Like, but so the gospel, when it is preached and demonstrated, not only with signs and wonders, but with, with actual like food and signs and wonders, not one or the other, both. It really brings transformation. It is really the power of God unto salvation. And salvation is not just when you die, but it's healing for life now. And if it's eternal life, it has to affect now. And so I, I just, um, I'm super um, excited. And so now you planted this church 17 years ago. <laughs> so that's a, in, in church years, 
that's, that's a lot of years. So what, what were some of the foundational things that you learned in the beginning? Well, many things happened, and we were, I can tell you, we were guided by the Holy Spirit. Yep. Because every step of what we do always was back up by the Lord. We started in a little place, uh, like where we can be like 40, 50, 60 people. And then from one day to another, God tells us that we, he's going to move us to a much bigger place. I go like, okay, I believe in God, you know, so he will do it. But when one of the guys who were working with me as a pastor there, he told me, I got to take you to a place that I think we should put the church over there. And you know what? When he brought me where we are right now, I just laugh. I go like, come in. We are, we are, we are in a place uh, around uh, 500 square meters, and you brought me to a place that is 20,000 meters. <laughs> you know, wow. I, I, I go like, I, I, how can we pay for this? You know, we, we don't have the money or anything. But then uh, something comes in my, in my head and says like, uh, this guy, you know, become to Christ because you preached to him. He got more faith than you. Whoa. <laughs> You know, so I, I, I just shut up and tell him, uh, let me pray. I didn't tell him anything about that. You know, I go like, give me time to pray. <laughs> give me time to pray. See what's going on. You know, <laughs> this place, they were selling it in 2007 and have million dollar and we don't wow. have one dollar. Okay, wow. we don't have one dollar, and they were selling it in half million dollar. So I went to pray in my house right away, and as soon as I I bend in my knees and I go like, oh God, you know I'm your son. You brought me here. You got a vision. You put it on me. Uh, I need you. I I need you to talk to me. And then uh, right away I felt God told me, shut up. You know, stop your religious uh, prayers. You know. Well. Uh, uh, and then he asked me something. Do you work for me or I work for you? Wow. <laughs> Dropkick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the Jesus I know. <laughs> and and there is where I really think about it, what the, the answer will be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I say, he knows the answer, so it's like. <laughs> I say, God, I work for you. <laughs> you know, I work for you. So you know what he told me? Take what I give you and do what I'm telling you. And, and I, I didn't pray anymore. I don't know if God wants to tell me anything else, but I just <laughs> get up, call the guy and say, uh, this is our lot. We're going to buy it. We're going to buy it. But inside me, you know, I was thinking, like, if I go to the, to them and tell them we're going to make a church where we got a vision to help community, he maybe give us for free. So I went. That was my idea, you know. God can do a miracle. And so I went to that guy with, uh, with his wife, my wife, and some people from church. I was talking to him for two hours about everything we like to do here. So at the end of these two hours, he says, you know how much, uh, how good I feel that a church is going to keep this camp. And, 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 and you know, pastor, if you want this camp, you got to pay 
half million dollar and i go like what's going on i've been talking for two hours for nothing you know <laughs> but he says something that was the key you know go inside uh, in three months you pay 30 percent and three months later you pay the rest and i i don't know he didn't give us nothing for free mm -hmm. but when he say come in and he, when he gave us the permission to come in mm -hmm. it was like the door was opening open yeah was opening mm. so right away i was talking to the church you know we were i don't know 60 people um you know i tell them we 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 already found the place for the new church and everybody goes like way and and it's close here oh great and it's big you know everybody was so excited yeah. but when i say it costs half million dollar Everybody shut up. <laughs> it was a call. But I remember a, a German girl that was Christian only maybe, I don't know, two weeks. He, he, she just stand up and say, all I got in my bank account is $15,000 and I will give 10. Mm. Wow. And that, you know, that uh, move everything, that make everything difference you know jesus and 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 everyone start from that moment on so in three months we give this guy one hundred fifty thousand dollars out of nowhere we don't have one dollar it's like a seed of faith wow that produced more and then every step from that was a miracle it's amazing that's crazy that's so encouraging to me this keeps coming up by the way i don't know if you're if you're catching that dk on the mm -hmm. podcast yeah yeah almost everyone's story yeah keeps coming so this is exciting. So the Lord guided you, brought you through, and the Lord is, is really fulfilling uh, the vision because it's his. And wherever he's given vision, his provision, because it's his vision coming through you for him. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm really like, yes, Lord, whatever you say, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's exciting. And so in this season, you know, the church has matured. Um, it's different. What do you think have been some things that you learned from a more established church? You know, because in the beginning, God is establishing something, and then once it's established, there's different lessons and different things. What, what, do you, what would you say that after the Lord really came through and you built real history with him and things were established, what were the next things that you learned in that season of actually being established? Well, one of the big challenge of any uh, ministry is uh, to see the hands of God working, you know, you develop it, you grow, but it's not only growing, you have to keep that, what God give you, you have to administrate it well. You have to administrate yourself too so uh, everything God has done doesn't make you uh, like feel you're more special than other pastors yeah. or that God did it because you're so good yep. or because it was your idea or because you, you have done great things. It's one of the things I learned is to be humble, is to let, uh, to depend on God every day 
and uh, to to not, never feel like this is mine or this is my victory or this is what I make. No, no, no. Uh, if something have been done, it's be first because of the glory of God and the people he put around us. He put great people like you guys. We're working here. We're just talking about what's going on here, you know, but at the same moment, other people is cooking, cooking in the kitchen. Uh, more than 500 meals wow. to give away today. Uh, and, and look where we are, talking yeah. here, and they're working there. Some other people is in the school taking care of. So it's something I learned. It's, it's not about me. It's not about uh, what I have done. It's about the, the body of Christ. It's about that everyone have their, their calling, and everyone have their role, and, and, and everyone have to go for it. Some some people, you know, uh, uh, they have the their they have their intelligent. They they can work, you know, uh, maybe in the computer. But some people is there on the fire of 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 a oven uh, cooking. Mm. So for yeah. me, if something I learned in these 17 years is that not a, it's not about me. It's about his his body, his kingdom, and and just um, part of it. And uh, I have to know, I have to know how to keep my place, and never uh, let my selfish like go out. I don't know how to say yeah. English. I got like, you. Yeah. Don't be mm -hmm. selfish. Don't be gross. Mm, don't yeah. rob God's glory. Yeah. 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 So that's that's amazing. Um, and so he's saying ultimately that what he learned by God doing great things is that it's critical for everyone to play their part. It's not about him, right? But it's about everyone playing their part. And so you're listening to this and you're like, I want to get engaged. We see Jesus Ministries.com. Come on a trip. Go to give. We see Jesus Ministries.com uh, slash give slash projects. You can give to the House of Hope. Right now, our, su our support is around 1300 We're trying to take it to 2000 That's kind of like our first immediate goal so that we can continue to help the girls and, and move forward in that. They need a new TV. There's some needs there. And so we want to be a blessing to them. Um, we want to continue this work. And we're so honored to, to always feel so loved, welcomed. And um, we love you. And we're committed to the work of the Lord. So thank you for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed. <laughs>